sound wave, wave. It's thermal sound waves, the natural alternative to fast food hey. radio. We hear see truth, Kevin Lawrence. That's what it is. Right yep, about yep. now, we have a guest that's joining us. Took a little time out of her day to uh, <laughs> <laughs> bless us with her presence on the program right about now. She's somewhere. She didn't invite us, though, but she's somewhere. That's all good. That's all good. <laughs> she's laughing. She's <laughs> random. Highly random. No doubt, no doubt. Writer, director, producer, extraordinaire, Go Queen Sugar, First Wives. Um, I am uh, Sean Bell, of course, and uh, many other things. The Creed. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. The go-to woman. <laughs> yes, yes. The woman you should be happy to yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But we, we've known her since she's been putting in her grind, you know, for a long, long time. And, and very, very, very pleased with her success because yes. it's well deserved. Well, well deserved. Aw, you're the best. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, what are you into at this particular moment? Oh, like, we didn't say who we talked to, though. Oh, Stacey Muhammad. Yes. The, the Stacey <laughs> Muhammad. My bad, my bad. <laughs> I thought all that What's stuff up, that I said preceded her. It, it did, yeah. it did. Because this is not interviews. This is just us calling people that we know laughing when they're in the, wor- the weirdest places at the random times. That's what it is. Oh, What's up, y'all? This is random, but hey. Yeah, this is, this um, is how we do it. That's why we are who we yeah, are. Yeah, it's all good. Um, what am I doing? I'm actually uh, in L.A. directing an episode of Blackish right now. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. so nice. You are part of the historic final season of Blackish then. I am. I am. And and it's it's wild because usually for a final season, they bring back, you know, directors from earlier seasons. So it's really dope to get an episode on their last season. I'm super excited. So they had to go and get the big guns <laughs> to make sure they ended <laughs> off on a, on a high level. They are ending on a high level. I'm honored to be here. It's fun already. Absolutely. Part now, of now she's you honored to be me. there. I- You're honored to be there, but we know who you are. So we know <laughs> they honored to uh-huh. have you. I appreciate that. I do. I do. It's been great. So, yeah, I've just been, you know, doing a lot of episodic directing this year. I uh, did a show called Love Life for HBO Max that drops in October. And, um, yeah, did a show called Harlem, a show called Guilty Party. So just a, a lot of episodic directing this year. I am grateful for these opportunities. No question. And how have you been adjusting or what are some of the things you've had to do to adjust to what's going on with COVID and the pandemic in general? I mean, I mean, it's weird. I mean, I'm I'm kind of like a, a hypochondriac, so I've always been like, you know, on top of my health stuff. Um, you know, I'm not nearly as social as people think I am from social media. So like that part hasn't been that difficult. But I mean, I think just, you know, being in a uncertain time, um, you know, a lot of prayer, a lot of meditation, you know, just a lot of paying attention to myself. Which is what I think this time is calling us to do. It's crazy because you say you're not as social as people think you are yet. You social with me and C, but shout out to Coach Rachel and yeah, it's, it's the crew. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Times we bump yeah, into the people. concerts and we just be people watching and it'd be hilarious. Right. The people watching is the best. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> and they do a lot of things that are just, just yes. worthy of watching these days. Watchable, weirdo, right. Weirdo exactly. Weirdos. Yes, yes. Weirdo weirdos. Exactly. So for those who aren't familiar with your journey, of course we are, but um, take us back to how you got along the path of writing and directing. Was this something you always wanted to do or did you just discover this path along the way? Yeah, I mean, I've always been an artist. I was a ballet dancer for a long time before I was a filmmaker. Um, So I've always been an artist and I always knew that, you know, I just wasn't built like the typical 
you know, nine to five. I knew that like early on. So graduated from high school, went to college, went to dance school, taught dance for years. And then, yeah, I just, you know, fell in love with movies and wanted to be a filmmaker. Um, at the time, I was living in Washington, D.C. and didn't really have any aspirations to be in television or Hollywood. I just kind of wanted to tell, you know, tell stories about what was happening to people who looked like me. Uh, at that and, time, uh, go ahead. Hmm? Excuse me. No, go ahead. Um, no. I uh, went to New York and went to film school, started making a bunch of indie work, you know, with a core group of talented people in New York. And as they say, the rest is history. Now, when you said you live in D.C., the time you live in yeah. D.C., that was also the time that BET was there, correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, BET was there at the time. That was a yeah, pivotal I mean, place, time for mm -hmm. D.C., with BET then. I think even uh, yeah. Kathy Hughes had her network there, TV One at, mm -hmm. at one point. There was a lot of things coming out of there at one point, but you said you moved to New York. Yeah, I moved to New York early 2000s, maybe 2009 or something like that. Um, from New Orleans, born and raised, you know, I always have to say that. But, um... Oh, no wonder. <laughs> no wonder. No wonder. I came, right. I came out of New Orleans before, and she was... We were both had our times, we were busy, but you was doing... Was it Trust me? What was you doing in New Orleans? You was... Uh, I'm sorry, I, I, can't, I can't hear you that good. Say that again. You was working on a project in New Orleans. What, what project was that? Uh, yeah, well, I did Queen Sugar in New Orleans. It's my first episode of television. Yeah, but, um, you know, I have a, a documentary with uh, Mark Lamont Hill, who's one of my producing partners, on the Second Line series, which is a dance that we do. Wow. You know, cultural dance yes. yeah, in New Orleans. So, yeah, we've been working on that for a few years now. Now, for people that don't know what that means, they they might not know what the name Second Line means, but they've seen it before. Like when it's time yeah. for Mardi Gras and them people get yeah. that step. And it's like, exactly. what is that? It's that step. Yeah. Yep. It's our version of the street Holy Ghost, I guess you would say. It's been passed down through many, many generations of black people in, in the city. So, you know, I just want to document it as much as I possibly can. It's a, a lot of beautiful cultural things to document in New Orleans. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. And the history is rich in, yeah, in New Orleans. Absolutely. Very, very rich. There's, there's a lot of things that oh, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm sure you know, of, but and hopefully you'll put more of that out there as well, you know, either documentary mm -hmm. or, you know, film, TV style. Um, yeah. Are you finished filming the second line or, or is that still in production? Uh, we still have we still have a little bit more to do. We we you can put on the phone there. We we. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I'm in the nail I'm so She's sorry. actually getting her <laughs> nails done while she talks and to ladies us. Ladies, she's me. I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, we still have, you know, quite a bit more to do. Not a lot, but we do have more to do. Absolutely, no doubt. We're talking to producer, writer, director Stacy Muhammad here with us on the Thermal Soundwaves with Seat Truth and Kev Lawrence. Absolutely, absolutely. Now, what is the life like, or what are some of the things that a ballet dancer has to do? Because I don't think people understand that world. Serious. If you could take us into that just a little bit, because people see like the afterwork, but they don't see yeah. like what that world is like and. It's been on some films, but I don't know how accurate or not accurate that is because, you know, I'm not in that world. So for someone who mm -hmm. lived that, if you can just let us know about that. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I danced from the time I was a kid. You know, I probably started dancing when I was like three um, and danced all through high school and early adulthood. I mean, it's it's racist. <laughs> I know that. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's, very that's no much secret. so. Yeah. You know, so like. Thank God for companies and folks like Alvin Neely and Arthur Mitchell at Dance Theater of Harlem and companies like Philadanko. I mean, I grew up watching Alvin Neely, so I always knew 
that I wanted to be an ALE dancer. Um, and so I did go to ALE right out of high school. Um, but it's, it's a lot of hard work. I don't think that people realize that ballet is, you know, ballerinas are athletes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, you are, you are pushing your body to the ultimate limit. And, it, you know, it's just certain aspects of it from the discipline to just certain body conditioning that you never really lose. When you say it's racist, what was a point when you didn't when you didn't know that you became knowledgeable of some things? I mean, definitely as a kid, you know, I mean, nine times out of ten, if you're a black kid that's studying ballet and you're not at a black school, which I wasn't, then, you know, you're probably the only or one of two black students. Um, So I just remember having a recital and watching the VHS tape of it afterwards and not wanting to dance because I was so much darker than everyone else. And of course, you know, all of the costumes, all of the colors, everything favors uh, white women, you know, white girls and, you know, not being able to pull my hair back in the same type of bun they were able to pull there. You know, so like watching the dances at Alvin Early was the first time, you know, you saw black women with shaved heads and short hair and natural hair and they look like me. And I think any black woman that was a dancer, they always say, you know, it took them seeing Alien Dancer to Harlem to know that they could be the type of dancer they wanted to be, which was a professional dancer. Absolutely. And this is a sight to see those productions that are put on by 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 Alien. I've, I've gotten a chance to see it a few times and it's it's always um, yeah. breathtaking to see those that the stories that they do with dance. It's just incredible. Yeah. Like wonderful. you mentioned yeah. how people don't realize that it's actually actually hard work on the especially on the body. Like people oh, may yeah. laugh at seeing people do ballet yet you may not know that many athletes especially football players have to do ballet oh yeah because it helps them with their balance and yeah, they realize yeah, it's no joke mm-hmm. yeah it, it's the ultimate push to your body i mean you know it's like even if you're in the gym and you're doing you know i don't know what it's called but if you're you know just kind of exercising or working out with your body weight as opposed to any, you know, external weights. There's something that's more difficult about that. And you better believe, like, at a place like Ailey, it is the top-notch training. They're pushing you as far as you could possibly physically, mentally, and spiritually go, you know. But it's uh, extremely rewarding as well. Absolutely. Now, you've you've lectured and you've taught at, at many places on many topics all, all across, um, you know, the nation and the world. And on the subject of black women filmmakers, um, tell us about some pivotal... Uh, women in that area and that genre and and some of the the people that you've spoken about and and just that topic in general um i would say more you know contemporaries like uh julie dash cheryl dunier you know zora neale hurston i think that people don't realize that zora neale hurston was not just an anthropologist she was also a filmmaker you know so they're just you know a, a, a breath of black women who have done a tremendous amount of work you know who have a body of work um, that many people just aren't aware of. I mean, and if you think at, about like some of those women who are more contemporary filmmakers, I mean, the irony is that like someone like Ava DuVernay has kind of like breathed life back into their careers. You know, if it's someone like Cheryl Dunier or Julie Dash or Nima Barnett, you know, women that were making movies in the 80s and early 90s who, you know, after a while Hollywood really forgot about them or really never was thinking about them, to be honest. Um, you know, Ava DuVernay came along and gave them opportunities and now they're making, creating content, you know, that they didn't have the opportunity to make after they did features that if they had been white women, they probably would have had other opportunities. What what are what are some of the things that, that you want to to leave or, or to, to touch upon with, with what you're working on uh, going forward mm-hmm. as far as your work in, you know, film or TV and, and everything? Um, well, I mean, I have a, I have a feature, a horror feature that's in development, um, with Malcolm D. Lee's company. 
And okay. so, you know, that's like the one area that I have not um, explored, you know, from a directing perspective. I mean, I've written the script, but yeah, I want to do more horror, more sci-fi. I want to tell more stories about New Orleans. Um, the story that the project I have in development is about a haunted plantation. Um, and, you know, people say all the time that they're tired of <laughs> stories about slavery. I mean, I'm absolutely fascinated by that time, you know, to, for lack of a better word. I mean, I think there's so many stories to tell about right. the time of shadow enslavement, particularly, you know, in New Orleans, um, you know, where enslaved Africans had, you know, a weekend off and there was a large population of free black folks. So, like, I'm, I'm really just fascinated with that time and I want to tell as many stories, do as much research as I can and tell as many stories as I can if they end up being features or series. A lot of people just hear one thing about New Orleans or maybe <laughs> Mardi Gras. Another thing I don't want to talk, we don't need to talk about. However, like you just mentioned, I believe there's so much history to the point where I think most of America's history leads back to New Orleans, which was also known as Bubancha. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so fascinating with New Orleans, just Louisiana, period. Uh, yeah. And you mentioned about slavery in the haunted house is that what the that where that woman where she was chopping off body parts and reattaching arms to yeah, leg sockets yeah. and stuff it's it's very deep it's very very deep and uh shout out to the natives because i found mm-hmm. out that there's mardi gras but there's also thing where they're looking for the indians and the indians are you which are the natives um, I, mm-hmm I, I'm, you sound a little muffled. I couldn't hear you that well. I'm sorry. The last part after you said Mardi Gras. I was Gras, saying how people uh-huh. look at during Mardi Gras. They look, I think it's a time where they say they're looking for the Indians. They have to search and find the Indians, and the Indians are actually you, the actual yeah, black I'm, people. A lot of people didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, really part, of, um, part of what we've been documenting down there was, you know, all of the black Indian tribes. That, that is what you said, right? That didn't give you that Correct. well. The black Correct. Indians. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, those descendants of those Africans that were enslaved to, you know, took refuge with the Native Americans um, and, and, and also just a large population of free black people that were, you know, intermixing and intermingling with the Native Americans as well. I mean, there's a lot of, a lot of mixing in, uh, in going on in New Orleans. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I think partly, you know, part of the reason the culture is still very much intact and why they say it's the most African and Caribbean city in the nation is because, you know, those enslaved Africans had time off. And during that time off, they were able to practice their cultural, their, their cultural, you know, to, to do their cultural practices in ways that other Africans weren't allowed to do so. And, uh, you know, those practices were passed down from one generation to the next. And so the dances we do and, you know, the regalia that's worn, um, very similar to what was worn and, and done back in, the, back in the time of chattel and slavery. And we'll get you out on this. Um, what, what are some of the things that you do for fun when you're not, you know, writing, directing, producing, <laughs> where you just, you know, you're just having some fun out here? Uh, I don't, you know what? Like, I don't think I have enough <laughs> laughing thing about Kevin. Like, I, I, yeah, like, I, nothing really. I need to do more self-care stuff and more fun stuff. I oh, mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely do. You know, I travel a lot, but it's for work. Um, so I think I'm still trying to figure out what, what I want to do that's non-work related and fun. I'll let you know when I figure it out. <laughs> well, if you want something to do for fun, what you can do is take C-Truth and Kev Lawrence and put them in these film projects you're working on. That is extremely <laughs> fun. That is so fun. Just insert I here. Got y'all. Yeah. Look, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll be in New York at the end of the year doing an episode of TV. That uh, I'll definitely hit y'all up about that. 
Okay. It's, it's a road. It's a good one. I just can't say what it is yet, but it's a good one. Gotcha. <laughs> We're not going to hold you up any much longer, but ladies and gentlemen, okay. check out Stacey Muhammad, director, writer, producer. She's doing her thing. Blackish, Queen Sugar for Colored Boys, uh, First Wives. The list goes on and on and on and on and on. And where can they um, get at you to see your work and uh, social mm-hmm. media and so forth? Um, I have a website, stacymfilms.com, and everything is on the website. There it is. Well, thank, thank you, guys. you. Thank you very Appreciate much for taking support. time out. So how's she getting of her course. gel? Are you getting gel? Anything for you. I'm not getting gel. It's not safe. Uh, <laughs> all right. Making sure. No better. I know better. All right. All right, y'all. Thanks all right. So Enjoy your Talk to you later. Yes. You too. Bye. Later. It's Thermal Sound Waves, the natural alternative to fast food radio. We hear Thermal Sound Wave, wave.